Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome. I'm very happy you're here today. Uh, question is, uh, a lot of people come in asking, how'd you spend New Year's Eve? Renee, this is the first picture I'd like you to put up. How'd you spend New Year's Eve? This is pretty much how it is. You gotta hurry up and eat the rest of the food that we're saying we're not gonna eat, you know, at, uh, as soon as the clock strikes midnight. Uh, like Mitch said, a lot of people are setting goals, financial goals, travel goals, fitness goals. You know, uh, Vince Antonucci uh, wrote last week um, leading up to New Year's. He said, it's four days before the end of the year. Do you remember your New Year's resolution? I st- are you still committed to it like I am? I have four days to lose 25 pounds. <laughs> it's like, that's... That's it. Hurry up. We wait. We procrastinate. My friend Gary uh, wrote this note and sent it to me. He said, I finally found a machine at the gym I love. The vending machine. <laughs> That's how it is. We're, we're like that. we looking for the easy way. And uh, today's message is different than maybe what you're used to. I've got some people that are going to help me today uh, come up front and share some ideas with you. And I hope that might spark you to want to maybe come to the front and share an idea too. Um, I've asked people to share today things that help me grow. I did not put sermon notes on the back of the info page today. Uh, we left it blank, hoping that you would use it as n- your own way to write down some idea that someone shares today that might sharpen you, might help you grow. Um, I would just like to challenge you to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. This is what it says in Second Peter 3, 17 and 18, the close of a letter. He says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless." of the lawless and fall from your secure position but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory both now and forever amen that's the idea to grow and of course everybody grows at their own rate their own style but just take a step forward whatever that is in your life uh, the idea is to be transformed into the image of Christ. Uh, this from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip uh, his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. That's what we're aiming for, to be like Him, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, I know you're saying, no way. But little by little, He chips away things, doesn't He? You're not the same person you used to be. You've been around people that have sharpened you. You've spent some time in the Word that's grown your roots deeper. Uh, maybe you heard a song or you you had some experience outside of church, just some other place that just 
made you different. You see life different. You do things different. How how do you grow is the question. How do you grow? Many years ago, I heard a speaker say at a conference, five years from now, you will be the same person you are today except for the books you read and the people you meet. Well, that statement just grabbed a hold of me. I think I would probably add a couple things to that. Some other things have changed me over the last five years besides that. But that's a good starting point. Meeting more people, getting out there, going deeper in my own private study of things. Uh, Growing, as Mitch said, is a slow process sometimes, isn't it? Uh, It's painful sometimes. Uh, We would like to take a class online. You know, half hour class and suddenly, there, I got it. I got the check mark and I'm smarter now. I, I got certified and I'm more Christ-like. And no, sorry, it doesn't go like that. We'd like to take a pill, you know, a, a shot. And suddenly I'm more Christ-like and there, I, I did it. I, I got it done. Uh, it, it just isn't that easy. I planted an apple tree again in my yard this fall. Um, You always wait till the very end of the season and they're selling stuff for half price, you know. Go up to the nursery and get this apple tree. And I dug the hole and I put in the right soil that they recommended. And uh, I put soil under it and around it and I watered it. I fenced it in so the deer couldn't get to it, and the chickens would stay away from it, the rabbits wouldn't gnaw on its bark. And I uh, staked it up, I gave it good support. I have high hopes that maybe three, four years from now there'll be some wine sap apples on that tree. But I've done it before. Five, six times. And uh, we're still eating apples off the old apple tree that was planted in the yard when we arrived. We've not really got many of our own, but I, I keep trying. I keep trying to follow the right way, and maybe this is the one. Uh, we know the secret of growth for a tree, right? It's roots. The roots need to develop. If they develop, you're on your way. That's the good soil around this the system psalm 1 he will be like a tree planted by the streams of living water well he'll bring forth fruit in his season and his leaf won't wither that's what we attain to be trees oaks of righteousness bearing fruit for the lord um, the key then is sinking your roots down deep into christ that's the key to growing and um, it, it is, it's spending time with Him. The more you're with Him, the more you become like Him. And you, you start to value what He values, and you think like He thinks, and you do what He does. It's spending time with Him. You don't get it by uh, memorizing chunks of Scripture and checking it off to pass a test. That, that's good. But there needs to be this transformation of your heart, right? It's not just knowledge. It's growing the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. 
I had this talk with my dad recently because he says he's growing to become a crabby old man. So I find myself becoming a crabby old man. And it's, it's a different view of my dad than I've ever had in my life because he's been, uh, he's not been like that. You know, he's been very gentle and very Christ-like and listening and trying to point people and all of a sudden, those stinking Cleveland Browns, they aren't good for anything. You know, um, that rubbed off on me, that part of it. Um, we talked about spending more time with Christ and um, the gospel, seeing how he did life. Remember, he knows that. It's just going back and reviewing it again. It was just a good conversation. But it means spending time with him and with his people. It's been a real hard thing for all of us to see friends who've dropped out of church, dropped out of small groups, dropped out of studies. We don't see them anymore. And it stinks. It stinks for us. We miss them. It stinks for them because, you know, the further you grow away, it becomes habitual. You don't need, I don't need that anymore. And then the qualities of Christ might be absent in your life because you chose to go away. Choose to come back. Our goal is to become Christ-like. It's it's not a quick or easy thing. I say the same verse that Mitch did. Mitch, were you looking at my notes? I don't know. Did you don't conform to the way of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It starts here. It goes to the heart. It works out in the actions that you do. The word transformed uh, is the one from which we get metamorphosis, the change. It's this. Uh, a creeping caterpillar that's transformed into a butterfly, that kind of thing, you know, little by little. In in a Christian, the change is subtle. It happens first and mostly on the inside, right? I'm not the same person I used to be. That's not important to me anymore. Uh, it's not that we suddenly become Christ-like, but that we we start to want to do the things that the Lord wants us to do. I don't do that because I have to. I do that because I, it's just natural. I want to now. I don't force myself to read the Bible now. I want to. I don't gotta. I get to. Right? That's where we are. And that is, that's the authenticity of a follower of Christ. My aim is now seeking first the kingdom of God. Uh, Galatians, Paul wrote these words, until Christ is formed in you. Uh, a different translation says, until Christ is fully developed in your lives. That's what he's urging. That's what he's wanting for the church, the Galatian church, that Christ is fully developed in you. So we got a ways to go. I know everybody's on their different schedule. But it isn't based on a couple of minutes of a day that we, we call a quiet time it, or a time of Christian discipline where we we followed this pattern exactly and this formula, this recipe, and suddenly we're, we're transformed. It's not quite like that, although that gets you on the way. It's every moment of your day filled with opportunities to engage Christ and become like Him. 
here's some things that have helped me grow as a as a tree planted by the streams of living water, uh, as an oak that's trying to become an oak of righteousness. These are just some quick things. Just And I hope this spurs you on. And the people that are going to come up here, I'm just going to hit these real quick so you can develop these if this happens to be your thing, okay? Me and the Lord taking a prayer walk together is a really good thing. 15-minute walk by yourself. Talking to the Lord is tremendous. A mission trip to get you out of your comfort zone and go someplace different, someplace new. There are opportunities coming up this year. There's a chance for us to go to Kentucky to help rebuild houses. You may not think that's a foreign country, but until you get to Kentucky, then you'll, you'll realize it is. Um, there are chances to go to uh, Minnesota to a horse ranch. Uh, and work with special needs kids and work with a team of people. It would be a great opportunity for you. There's a chance for you to go visit Safa Fami in Egypt. I hope that that's on my schedule this year. Uh, we talked with Joy and Hector about maybe taking a group down to Mexico later this year once COVID is figured out. And there's an opportunity. So when you go, you stretch yourself and you see things different. And yeah, you're saying, I could never do that. Join the crowd. None of us could, but a bunch of us did. Um, one of the things that helps me grow, you know this from a hundred years of hearing me speak, biographies. Um, I just picked one. Fifth grade level, the life of William Carey, a pioneer missionary to India. Anybody can read this. I promise you, if you do, you'll see things different. He was the guy that said, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. And the dude left England as a shoemaker and went to India and never came back home. I got goosebumps right now just telling you that, and there's a whole bunch more. Um, this one, Hudson Taylor and his wife, Maria, fifth grade level, anybody can read that. I promise you, if you do, anyway, there's a bunch more. Uh, Let me see. I'm off memorizing Scripture and meditating on Scripture. If you would take a piece of Scripture, five verses, to say this is what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to take these five verses and I'm I'm going to memorize them and I'm going to think about them. I'm going to meditate on them. Here's where you could start if you don't have a place to start. Philippians 2, chapter 5. Philippians 2, verse 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, if you spent a year on those five, six verses and made that your life, oh my, you would see life different. And Scripture's like that because it's living and active, right? It's not just uh, the words of a man on a page. Uh, It's living and active. It gets inside of you. It starts rattling things and yanking things and pulling things, and you're going, what is going on in my life? It's the living Word of God. Uh, A burning bush activity is something that would really help you. You can't schedule a burning bush activity, but they happen when you go out of the ordinary, when you do something you've never done before. Uh, Here's an opportunity for you. Uh, The church used to take a group of people down to a thing in Hershey, Pennsylvania, called the Eastern Christian Convention. And people came home with ideas from that. 
And the church was changed because of what they heard there. It was amazing. Deb and I, in the, about 1989, 1990, we went to the International Conference on Missions in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we are still rattled and changed and doing things as a result of what we learned at that conference in Tulsa. It's called the ICOM. Guess what? The ICOM next year is in Columbus, Ohio, five hours from here. You should go. The week before Thanksgiving, you should go. It will give you a new perspective. You say, I never did anything like that. I don't want to do that. That's not for me. I'm not in the missions. I'm telling you what, if you go, you will see things different. It's not just about, you know, some place far away, but it's right where you live. It's powerful. Um, one thing that I know has helped me is giving away stuff anonymously, trying to be sneaky and give stuff away and not let anybody know you did it. Just you and the Lord know that. Do that. Um, service projects help me grow, help students grow. If you can get kids to go out and do something, they put feet on their faith. That's what needs to happen for all of us. Uh, I would tell you that one of the things that helped me grow a lot was a guy's small group. I miss it right now. It's not in my life. I hope that we can reestablish it. But one led me into this thing called Fight Club last um, spring time, approximately. And I thank you, buddy. It was a big thing in my life. It helped me. I wasn't physically able to do a lot of the things that were required, but still it spurred me on. And you should join some kind of a little group. Get with somebody and say, you want to get together? I need help. I need to grow, and I can help you grow. Um, I know one thing that helps me grow is teaching a class. Darn, I would rather be the student. But you know who learns the most when you teach a class, right? It's the teacher every time because the teacher has to dig and come up with stuff and be able to answer questions. So teach a class. Even if it's a kid's class, you'll get familiar with some of those great stories. A donkey talked? Yeah! Where's that in the Bible? Oh my goodness. If God could use a donkey to talk, He could use, He's using me. I'm a donkey too. He could do that. Amazing. Um, mentors. Do you have a mentor in your life? Somebody you can turn to, talk to, ask questions to, just say, what's going on? Um, you know, one of the things that really helped me grow, I hated every minute of it. Isolation in the hospital, uh, trouble, stress, the things that you don't welcome into your life. Going, oh, man, that stinks. But those are the growing places, right? That's what the Scripture teaches us. Uh, one of the things that teaches us is writing, teaches me is writing out my prayers. Anybody can do that? Just write out your prayer. It could be 500 words. It could be 200 words. Just write out a prayer. Keep a little journal of it. Um, and stressful situations is a way I grow. Um, wondering how I'm going to be able to do that. I have some other things. Uh, these little uh, daily bread devotionals. Um, I had a hard time reading when I was in the hospital. I could not read. And uh, I don't know, COVID something. I just could not focus. I couldn't pay attention. It's like... Uh, those little things were, little devotional guys were my way back, you know, because you could read a brief page in a scripture. I found a better way now. 
Um, in a hospital, I learned uh, the, the Bible app. Punch the button and listen. You can listen. And uh, that got me back into the Word of God. Okay, those are some of my ideas. I've got four or five people that are going to come up here and share with you right now. They don't know the order, so I'm going to give the order right now. Okay, you guys? Juan, would you lead off? Uh, and then Jim, if you'd come next. Then Casey, if you would come next. And uh, Mr. Fike, are you back there? Are you still willing? Deal. Those are four guys. Then I have one person that wrote something for me to share with you. And then I might just open it up and ask if anybody else would share an idea. One, you first, if you would come and just share what the idea is. What makes you grow? Go ahead. Thank you, sir. How funny he called me up here to call with only two minutes to spare. Well, I'll do my best. Um, you know, I, so I learned something new this week. It's fantastic. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but... Does anyone know what the first meal on the moon that was eaten? Communion. Isn't that amazing? It's just, it's extraordinary to me. And I, and I, and I brought the, I bring this up because, I mean, it, it, Mitch is right. It, it's, our growth and our development isn't something that we can microwave. And, and I'm a micro, I'm a microwavable guy. There's no doubt about it. I want things done yesterday, uh, whether it's in business or in family and personal relationships. I want to fix problems and move on to the next one. But uh, unfortunately, life is not like that. So, um, Mike did mention it, and one of the rules of Fight Club is, is you don't talk about it. But I think for today, I'm going to do that. Um, I recently graduated from my fifth chapter, and and I'll be honest. With you, it's it's a good program for me. I, I it's uh, it's uh, structured. Um, it does a lot of the things that Mike talked about. It helps you memorize. Um, you pick a couple of books and you read those. Um, you give stuff away for free. One of the requirements is that you've got to you know you've got about ten weeks to figure this out, but give something away that's of value to you. And you may not think about it, but sometimes it's really hard. Um, but but uh, you find a way to do it. Um, you stay committed to, you know, giving up drugs and alcohol for 10 weeks. Um, there's a lot of things that, that we take for granted every single day that, that, uh, that we can better our walk, uh, with, with Christ, um, that may, we may or may not be doing. Um, so for, for, uh, this year I did two, two, um, chapters. Um, this is going to be a little plug because we've got two more coming up. Uh, through those chapters I've developed some serious bonds. Uh, with guys from Perry, New York. Um, and and uh, even through that chapter, uh, I created my own little circle of, of men, um, and I've just started to build that little community, a men's group, and it's called a foxhole. And a foxhole, you don't have to be, a, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to be in it, but it just happens to work out that most of the people I surround myself with are Christians. Um, and in that foxhole, it's a group of guys that, that, uh, follow those standards. That, that, uh, you know, when you call at three o'clock in the morning and you need something, guess what? There's no question. You get your car, you drive, you go wherever you have to go. Um, it's pretty cool. So I started building that foxhole. I don't know how big it will be, but I've got a couple of guys in it right now. Um, you know, that's, and, and, and men's ministry and fellowship is one of those ways that you can encourage yourself and build yourself up. Uh, to, to be more like Jesus and to do the things that Mike talked about. 
Um, this year, we, it's encouraged me to start uh, a little men's ministry with the guys from Clarence Church of Christ, and we've done a men's breakfast, um, and we're getting ready to do a steak dinner. I think that's going to be awesome. We've got a great lineup, a great speaker. Uh, we've got some, some, some wonderful worship set up. Um, that's on January 14th. I invite you to join us. Please bring a friend. Um, there's no better way of spreading a word and being an influence than, than to bring a friend. Um, you know, I, Fight Club is also uh, spread throughout my family. Um, my family's participated uh, not, not just uh, in the men's group, but also uh, the women's Fight Club uh, exists, and they did it. We all did it at the same time in our house. My mother-in-law, 78 years old, was doing wall sits. Um, and it, it, I'll be honest with you, out of all of the people that I've done it with this year, she's impressed me the most. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just reading. There's just so much you can do. I don't want to take too much more, more time, but um, certainly if you'd like to sit and have a cup of coffee with me, I'd love to do the same with you. So um, talk to me. I'd, I'd love to share some of, some of the things I've done this year to kind of better myself in Christ. And it is a progression. And just so you know it, it may not be that far off that someday we can fly to the moon for a small fee and, and have communion. You just never know. God bless you guys. Good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, When I was thinking about what I'd say, um, I was looking for something specific that that helped me, uh, that maybe motivated me the most for uh, continuing a faster walk. And I couldn't because your walk is your walk. And when Mike put up Ephesians 4, 11 through 14, I think we all fit in to that category. I mean, I've had, and so have you, had crazy things happen in your life. I mean, maybe terrible things happen. I had a lot of those. But they weren't the catalyst to bring me to where I am. Mine was... My wife, Donna. What a life she has led. And I could see her in her walk getting so far ahead of mine that I didn't like that. I wanted to keep up. So I had to pick up the pace. And hopefully I have. And what I learned the most was you have to take your eyes off yourself and you put it where they'll do the most good. And that's usually in somebody else's life. So whenever you're feeling low, I'm telling you, you can find somebody that is lower that needs your help. Um, You surround yourself with people, and the people I'm talking about is you. There isn't anything I didn't learn from each and every one of you that I know here that that didn't help me in my walk. And probably one of the neatest things that's happened is when Dan uh, started our Wednesday morning uh, retirees work group here. I'll tell you, that's exciting. We look forward to it. And it isn't work. It is just, just the, the best thing that you can do 
if you want to move ahead, put your eyes onto either someone else or something that needs to be done, or I don't know. That's that's where I am. All right. Be humble. Uh, have some humility. Uh, and like I told uh, Mitch three weeks ago, I hope when I grow up, I get to be just like him. <laughs> Happy New Year. Mike spoke about going on a mission trip. Well, almost 30 years ago, way back in October of 1992, Pat, Anna, Lois Hansberger, Linda, and myself traveled to Kenya to visit Rob and Rochelle Denning and their children, Eric and Alyssa, who were missionaries to the Maasai people in the southeast portion of that country. One of the highlights of that trip, I much later realized was when Rob asked me to preach to those attending the Sunday service that was held at the Denning's home in the bush. If you're a longtime member here, I'm sure you've seen pictures of the Maasai people in their red patterned sheets, stretched earlobes, spears, and beadwork jewelry. It's quite a bit different than our clothing choices, and we don't tend to uh, build our houses out of woven tree branches uh, lined with cow dung like they do, nor on occasion drink cow's blood when the cattle are healthy and uh, there's been sufficient rain poured out on Maasai land. So they're a little bit different. Well, after the honeybees had established their reputation, Rob and Rochelle had been uh, establishing themselves in the surrounding villages and had success in presenting the gospel, so I was a little hesitant to take on this task as a complete stranger, emphasis on strange, to those who would assemble later in the week. Many families would walk several miles through what seemed to us a vast, indistinguishable scrubland to attend. But Rob assured us that no one would get lost because to them, the bush was as identifiable as Main Street is to us. And the presence of a foreigner who was whiter than Rob would be an enticement to some of those who might not otherwise come. Rob assured me of that fact. News travels fast wherever you are in the world, even without Facebook. But what to present? Obviously, I had no college Bible courses to back back me up, no expository experience to speak of, and most of my jokes would have been untranslatable. So what to do? Such a difference in culture, environment, life experience. How could I express the love of Jesus for the Maasai people? Then it came to me. It had to be a Holy Spirit thing. Don't dwell on the differences, dummy. Expound on the similarities we have in common. I don't recall all that I shared that morning as Rob handled the translation from English to Ma, the dialect of the Maasai, but I remember I spoke about lions that both they and we experienced in life. 
In America, we might see lions living at the zoo or see a trained lion hopping through a ring of fire at a circus. They, on the other hand, would see lions up close in the wild and perhaps have much closer interactions with them than we ever would. Regardless, the lion's nature was no different, but our interactions with them were very different. My point was that Jesus, the Lion of Judah, was the same person, the same Savior-Redeemer to the Maasai as he was to a pasty white Irish-American tourist that was standing in front of them. His desire to seek and save the lost, whether they are walking through the bush or on Main Street sidewalks, was the same. I remember seeing some of the Maasai men nodding their heads in agreement with that. So here's my takeaway. The thing I learned was the universality of the gospel message. Americans, Maasai, the Alley people, Mexicans, Egyptians, Chinese, Australians, Japanese, communists, Canadians, Burmese, Pakistanis, South African, every human being on the planet needs to hear the gospel and respond to it. So I'd like to say thanks to Shirley and Roy Denning and Rochelle's parents, Mr. and Mrs. James, for releasing their children for kingdom work. May we all follow suit with our own children. Well, this will be brief because uh, I just mentioned to Mike last week, well, you know, possibility, but then I thought he'd kind of forgotten about that, but I guess not. So <laughs> I have absolutely no notes, and uh, so I'll just kind of reiterate what I, what I mentioned there. Um, over the past couple years, and it's already been mentioned about the church body here, a group of Christians getting together, loving the Lord and interacting together. And you know what's amazing? I'm up here now and I'm looking out at everybody. Can't really see when you're sitting down there. And I don't see everybody masking. I don't see everybody going like this. Get away from me. Isolation. Not that that's bad. I don't know what you you feel or think about that. Don't get me started on that. We don't want to get into that discussion now. But um, what I will say is that the uh, friendship and the, the Christian um, insight and the Christian emphasis of everybody here is just amazing. I mean, and I'm looking, I see younger, well, not the real young kids, I guess they've moved out now, uh, wherever, but um, uh, just looking at everybody, well, there's some young over here and older, and uh, we're all there with one mindset. And that's really the important thing. So what's helped me grow is the fact that we haven't, we're, we're here. We're here today. We've been here for two years and each one is helping the other out in whatever way they can. And that's, that's about my biggest thing. Now, of course, uh, doing, um, meditation and Bible study, absolutely essential. But boy, coming together at least once a week is something that really is like the icing on the cake for me. So. That's about it. So, okay.
Mr. Fang, I'm going to ask you to come up here in just a second after I read this note, and then we'll get ready to close. I asked my son Josh to share, but he's uh, leading the kids' uh, program right now, so he wrote it out for me. And these are his words. There's 160 dollars in one week. You've heard Jordan and Mitch say that. I spend one or two of them in a church building, so what do I do with the other 167 hours? Knowing there are hours of routine and boredom and chaos in my life, along with the knowledge that there's an enemy who wants to devour the 167 hours with other things. In the last several months, my spiritual discipline has been intently pursuing the heart of God, talking to Him, listening to Him, asking Him for himself to for him to reveal himself to me it starts with this simple conversation in the morning what do you want of me today who will you put into my path today what treasures do you have for me today what will you surprise me with today and then he shows up you'll have to ask Josh about that uh, he's been doing that he's got some amazing Stories to tell about how God shows up. He said, there's this stirring inside of me to connect with somebody. That's God. The decision I've been wrestling with for a couple months where finally there's clarity in my mind. That's God. Someone in my path who needs encouragement, and I'm right there. Only God can make that happen. He says God shows up, and often God shows off because He doesn't just show up. He just blows you away. A sky full of stars, a call from a friend I haven't heard from for quite a while, a heart-shaped rock on a hike with my son in the woods when we stumble upon a baby fawn just laying there, feeling discouraged when a backyard full of fireflies lights up the night sky. This is the heart of God. I feel close to Him after praying in the morning about these things. And you know the best thing? We can all chase after the heart of God. He will wow you with His goodness if you're looking for Him. So there's Josh. Mr. Seafang, I'm going to call you to help us wrap this up. I know, come on, Dick. I know many others could share, and I didn't put this out for everybody, but here's the deal I'll make. If you will write me, come on up, Dick. Do you want this down there, buddy? You want to? Okay, come ahead. Okay, if you will write me your what makes you grow answer, I, no, I, I'll get it one way or the other. I might break it, but I'll get it. Um, if you will write me your answer of what makes you grow, I will put it on a prayer email chain and we can sharpen each other. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. By the way, could you do all the trucking industry a favor if it takes you five hours to get to Columbus? Would you please stay in the right lane? <laughs> Good morning. Probably 90% of the people in here know me. Maybe more. But my walk with Christ started a long, long time ago before I even realized it. I was in there 53 years ago, but prior to that, and it took me after being in there to realize how blessed my life is, 
But I'm a, the product of an unwanted pregnancy, which will answer to a lot of people exactly why I'm pro-life. Other than the fact I'm pro-life because of the scriptures, but but I have a, I got an invested interest in it. But I um, since day one of being baptized, I don't think there's been one time other than when friends, family, strangers, whoever requests, please pray for my relative for this reason, please pay for my friend for this reason, doesn't matter, finances, health, whatever. That's the only time I've ever really gone gone to our Heavenly Father and said, God, help me out, help them out. But my faith grew really strong at a real early age, and I, I don't think, I don't ask God for much of anything. I thank Him before it happens. And it's it's a wonderful feeling to be able to go go in prayer and say, God, I've tried having a relationship with a couple different ladies. It hasn't worked out, but I know that the right one will come along. My wife came along. We've been married for 45 years. We tried having kids for 11 years without success. We were to the point we were going to give up. I got on my knees and I said to God, I said, God, I know you got this. The next month, Miss Linda was pregnant. Amanda sitting next to her 33 years ago today. We wound up with a daughter. I went back one other time. I said, God, I don't want to get greedy. But I says, Amanda needs a sibling. Month later, Linda's pregnant again. We had a wonderful son. But, you know, Mike, Mike said something, what, three weeks ago about me driving six million miles? That's 25 times to the moon and back. And people ask me about it all the time and say, you know, Miss Linda and I have experienced life-threatening conditions on the road. Well, how did you handle that? I said, I didn't. And my Heavenly Father did. Every time. Linda, how about the sandstorm? Remember that? We didn't know what to do. We're out on the Bonneville Salt Flats. What do you do? 75-mile-an-hour winds, can't see 10 feet in front of you. Next thing you know, I'm sitting on the side of the road dropping my trailer because I'm going to get blown over with the trailer on. Dick Fikes asked me this morning, you ever use a CB? Dick, what's a CB good for, about five, six miles? I was 25 miles between anything. There was nothing out there. A policeman, 25 miles behind me, heard me on the CB radio and came out and gave us food because we we were stuck there for 48 hours. I mean, God's got it. It's all it's to it. You just got to get used to it and move on. You know, it's it's. You know, I've had two. I've laid on my deathbed once, and I had a heart attack once. The heart attack is supposed to kill you. Here I am. <laughs> 
that you know, it's in, in my in my walk. Number one, it's never about me. He's got this. Period. And the sooner people start with that, you know, start with that. Start with the scriptures. I, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar of the Bible. I know you know several things in the Bible. Ask me to quote some? Yeah, I can quote a few things, but I got this. You know, it's all about God, and, and He's just done wonderful things for my life, my wife's life, for our family. Recently, we had a, had a little bump in the road. With, well, there's a big bump in the road for us, but my son had, had some problems, and he had to go to the hospital. And most people probably would have just drove off a cliff or shot themselves or whatever. And he had the wherewithal to call a crisis hotline. He's not all better, but at least we know what the problem is and how to deal with it. And life is going to go on, and he's going to be fine. But here again, I didn't fall to my knees and say, God, you know, I, I got to my knees and said, God, and I told him and his wife, God's got this. It's all that's to it. It's going to get better. So, thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. My pleasure. Happy birthday, Amanda. We'll sing to you maybe at the end if I can get Joy talked into it, which will probably take a little bit, and I'll talk her into it. Can I invite the worship team back up, Joy? And I just want to encourage you guys. You've, you've heard a lot of ideas, and just pick one thing. Uh, as we separate here, there'll be a chance for you to talk, and maybe you could ask each other, what's that, what's that thing that helped you grow? And iron sharpens iron, right? We learn from each other. We grow from each other. And it can be some simple idea. It can be some profound idea. Uh, just start somewhere with some bread, eating some bread and sharing it with other people. And uh, the Word of God is active and powerful. It's living. If you can get it into your life, it will have an effect on you. And uh, it'll transform you. 